Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. I think if you look at the NASCAR fan base and you look at the sport, so many people are die-hard fans. They've been in this at a, since a young age. They are committed to the number. They're committed to the to the driver, to the team, whatever it may be. And they're looking like, okay, if you come on to this, we want to see how genuine you are. And I mean, I, look, I'm as genuine as they come. Like, I, I love this sport. I love it. I, I'm i in the iRacing. I'm in the I'm in the die cast. I'm in the watching the races. I'm in this thing all the way. I, I can't swim, but I, I show. I went in here first. I'm diving. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity X5, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Woody Kane. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. Woody Kane with you filling in for Mike Bagley. On tonight's program, the return of racing after the Olympic break at Watkins Glen. We preview all the racing there this weekend. We'll also take a look at where Chase Elliott stands among drivers who are considered the best road course racers in NASCAR history. The Camping World Truck Series returns to Watkins Glen for the first time since 2000. We dive into the playoff picture for them. Brad Moran is the series director there, and we'll talk with him as well. Bernard Pollard Jr., the former NFL star, is sharing with us how he became such a NASCAR superfan and how he's helping bring new fans into the sport. That and a whole lot more. But first, let's get a check of the headlines across NASCAR Nation with Kyle Rickey. Kyle? After two weeks off, NASCAR is set to return to the track this week at Watkins Glen in New York but not before some big off-track news concerning 2022. Trackhouse Racing has announced that the team will retain Ross Chastain for next season to drive the team's number one car as a teammate to the team's current driver, Daniel Suarez. It was announced last month that Trackhouse Racing and team owner Justin Marks have purchased Chip Ganassi Racing for next year, the team Chastain currently drives for. Kurt Busch is the current driver of the number one car at Chip Ganassi Racing, but there is no word on where he may end up next season. The NASCAR Cup Series will go road racing for the first of two consecutive weekends of turning both left and right this weekend at Watkins Glen. And Richard Petty Motorsports driver Eric Jones will get some extra seat time. 
as he announced this week that he will drive in Saturday's NASCAR Xfinity Series race for Jordan Anderson Racing. And Jones isn't the only cup regular pulling double duty. Richard Childress Racing driver Austin Dillon will also race in Saturday's Xfinity race for our motorsports. Here are all four races from Watkins Glen this weekend right here on MRN, beginning with Friday's Arkham Menard Series race at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Saturday will feature a Camping World Truck Series Xfinity Series doubleheader beginning at 12 noon Eastern and will conclude the weekend with Sunday's running of the Go Bowling at the Glen for the NASCAR Cup Series at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we look at the Road Course Kings. Who are they, and is Chase Elliott one of them? And later, we preview the racing this weekend at Watkins Glen. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's hard to argue against Chase Elliott on a road course these days. The last few years, he seems to just naturally understand the twists and turns. Get out front and stay out front. But among the road course greats of the sport, where does Elliott rank? Let's find out with Dave Moody. A win at the historic Road America added to the resume of Chase Elliott. Up the hill, checkered flag is out. Everybody is on their feet and Chase Elliott has won here this afternoon in Wisconsin, his seventh road course win. It seems no one has been stronger on road courses in recent years than Chase Elliott. He's collected seven wins in a three-year span. The closest person to him on road course victories, Martin Truex Jr. with only two. If Elliott is this good and shows no signs of slowing down, could the argument be made that he's the best road course racer NASCAR has ever seen? His stats certainly help. Only two drivers have more victories on road courses than he does. Jeff Gordon making his final turn into turn 10, into turn 11. Jeff Gordon right there, but of course we're under caution. Jeff Gordon on his way to start finish. Here comes Jeff Gordon now back at the start finish line. Jeff Burton pulls right up behind him, but didn't make any difference. Gordon picks up the win. Jeff Burton comes in second. Hall of Famer Jeff Gordon collected nine wins on road courses over the span of his career. While all of them came at either Sonoma or Watkins Glen, don't let the lack of variation fool you. He scored a combined nine wins, eight poles, and top ten finishes in more than half of his starts. Not to mention Sonoma was Gordon's third best track statistically. He set the bar very high. Just two more turns to negotiate for Tony Stewart, and he will see the checkered flag. It is a Monday afternoon drive in the Finger Lakes region of New York for Tony Stewart. Here he comes, the crowd on their feet. They're cheering the office depot Old Spice Chevrolet to victory lane. We knew he'd be a player today, and certainly it turns out that way as he scores his fifth win at Watkins Glen. Here comes Tony Stewart. Third time this year he wins in the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series. Hall of Famer Tony Stewart is also in the running with eight wins at Sonoma and Watkins Glen. The Glen was Stewart's second best track, and he even scored his final win in the Cup Series in dramatic fashion at Sonoma. 
Right now, Elliott sits behind those two road course kings. It's a good spot to be in. He's already passed several other Hall of Fame drivers who posted big numbers on road courses. Drivers like Rusty Wallace. No place to go in the S is a try to get around Rusty Wallace. He follows him through turn 10 off that right-hander. Here comes Martin in the second spot, chasing after Rusty Wallace. This the battle for the race win. Here's Martin's final chance to pass. He looks to the outside of Rusty Wallace under braking. Now tries to cut back to the inside. They work their way now under acceleration off the final corner. Wallace has the car solidly underneath him. Now for the final sprint to the checkered flag. And his second win in the Save Mart 300. It's Rusty Wallace winning this afternoon over Mark Martin second. Wallace racked up six checkered flags on the twists and turns, an impressive number on its own. He says what Elliott is doing is impressive. I, I think that Chase Elliott currently is the very best on the road courses. He's, I mean, you just don't go out there and win that many races and, and a lot of them in a row uh, and not be really, really good. He's proved to me that he can handle the car. He's been all these different racetracks right now and won at all of them all the different design road courses. So yeah, I, I think he is. As for who Wallace thinks is the best road course racer ever, well, his answer may surprise you. It's a tough one right there because my mind goes back to guys like Ricky Rudd who won so many races on the road courses and myself. I mean, I won the same amount Ricky Rudd did. Uh, then you look at Tony Stewart, how strong he's been on the road courses. You look at Jeff Gordon. Uh, but you know, I mean, I. When, when I mentioned a guy like Ricky Rudd, here's a guy that's won at Riverside, the old Riverside that's no longer around, but was but was an unbelievable, beautiful, awesome racetrack. Here's Ricky Rudd coming out from under the bridge, heads for turn number nine. If he can just hang it together for about another eight or nine seconds, he's going to win the Budweiser 400. First Winston Cup victory in the Richard Childress team, still just standing on the wall, watching it very calmly. Here he comes right in the middle of turn number nine very healthy margin over the second place car about five seconds right now as he comes out of the corner going into the turn is bill elliott ladies and gentlemen down to the line to win his first winston cup victory taking the checkered flag ricky rudd in the piedmont airlines car as he waves to the fans as he crosses the line then he won at watkins Glen. he's won out there in sonoma on the road course um guys like gordon and Tony Stewart really didn't get an opportunity to run out in Riverside, so they didn't run, didn't win at all those tracks. I don't know. I mean, this might sound crazy to you, which I know it's not crazy. I think Ricky Rudd is probably one of the very best road racers I think I've seen in a long, long time. Ricky Rudd won six road course races at Riverside, Watkins Glen, and Sonoma, where he won the NASCAR Cup Series debut in wine country. If Rudd is considered one of the best because of his variety in road course wins, will Elliott's variety from the Glen, Circuit of the Americas, and Road America lead him down the same path? Elliott still has years of racing ahead, but the statistics say he's already well on his way to becoming the best road course racer NASCAR has ever seen. Thank you, Dave. Elliott has two wins at the Glen. We'll see this weekend if he can make it three. Coming up, we preview racing at Watkins Glen this weekend, and later the trucks return for one more race before the playoffs start. We'll talk about it. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. 
like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. NASCAR is back to racing after the Olympic break, and it starts with road course racing at Watkins Glen. Now, the series didn't visit in 2000 due to the pandemic, so all those fans are gearing up for an epic weekend. Let's preview what the drivers are expecting from this race. Final time, off seven, separation one car length, but it's going to be Chase Elliott. He's going to do it again here as he picks up the win in the go bowling at the Glen, scoring the win over Martin Truex Jr. He got career win number one here one year ago. Today he will score career win number five, Chase Elliott. NASCAR missed its annual visit to Watkins Glen International last season due to the pandemic, but it's no shocker that last time the Cup Series ran at the New York track back in 2019, Chase Elliott went to victory lane. After all, he's won six of the last nine road course races. The defending series champ says there's no single reason he and his team have been solid turning left and right. Yeah, I honestly don't know, man. I, I wish I did. Um, I, if I did, I'd, I'd tell you, maybe. Uh, but, I, but I honestly don't. I, I really have no idea. I really feel like it's just good cars and, um, you know, our, our, our team our team as a whole, I mean, has been good at road courses the whole time too i mean you know kyle won where it's sonoma yeah so i mean yes i i feel like you know driver drivers are only as good as what they have to drive and um fortunately i feel like i've got got the best stuff and and just gotta gotta make it make it work elliot also won the most recent road course race at road america back on the 4th of july but as Hendrick Motorsports teammate William Byron says, this track presents a different challenge. Honestly, Watkins Glen is one of the most fun racetracks as a driver because it's so fast and it really kind of gives you a chance to spread your legs a little bit, you know, at a road course and really get through the gears and feel like you're going fast and moving. And that's kind of fun for our cars because typically, you know, at these road courses that all the other series go to, uh, we have to brake a lot more and the cars are very heavy. So, you know, Watkins Glen is one of those places you can kind of, feels like a super speedway for road courses and uh, makes it fun, makes it exciting. Uh, makes it fast-paced, so I'm, I'm excited for that race. Christopher Bell was runner-up at Road America after winning early in the season at the Daytona Road Course. He says his Joe Gibbs Racing team is looking for a little momentum with just four races to go in the regular season. You know, right now, before we get into the playoffs, we've got to focus on making sure that we can be good week in and week out, and we ultimately haven't been able to do that yet so uh, that's something that we're focused on really hard right now. Matt Benedetto again finds himself job hunting after the Wood Brothers announced last month that Harrison Burton would drive the number 20 Mustangs in 2022. The Benedetto knows he's running out of time to put himself into the playoffs and add to his resume. He's coming off a top 10 run at Road America. That was our weakness was, was road courses in our 21 program. We were just off on speed, feel the car, 
And you know what's uh, what's amazing is being able to see the results and see the gains, like communicating with the team and being like, man, we need to work on this. We need to work on lateral grip. We're still lacking here, here, here. Because at the 95 team, we were flying. That road courses were our biggest strength and we were probably weaker on other places. So it's flip side here and seeing the work of the team translate directly over uh, to the racetrack is amazing. So it makes you more excited to go to those places. Road America was extremely encouraging that we've made those kind of strides. We still have, you know, room to go and continue to get better, but it's encouraging when we know we got to win one of these races. Meanwhile, at the playoff cut line, Tyler Reddick currently holds the 16th and final spot, just five points ahead of his teammate, Austin Dillon. Our live coverage of the Go Bowling at the Glen starts at 2 p.m. Eastern time Sunday afternoon. Coming up, we talk Truck Series playoffs and later, Truck Series director Brad Moran. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's been 21 years since the Truck Series last raced at Watkins Glen. Greg Biffle collected the last victory there, but the series makes its return this weekend. And it's the last race before the playoffs begin. Here with an update on where the truck playoff points stand is Kurt Becker. The 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series regular season comes to a close this Saturday as the tough trucks make their long-awaited return to Watkins Glen. Prior to this season, the Truck Series has only competed at Watkins Glen International five times. The last winner at the Glen was Greg Biffle back in 2000 in what was then known as the Craftsman Truck Series. He's got one left-hander and a right-hander left. Turn 10s and turn 11, Greg Biffle all by himself. Second place, though, in contention. Kurt Busch is there. Here comes Ron Fellows. Busch will slam the door. Fellows will close in. Greg Biffle crashed in practice on Friday, came back and won the Bud Pole. Now he's going to go on and win the race. Final corner to the checkered flag. Greg Biffle wins the Bully Hill Vineyards 150. Biffle's win would set him up to take the series crown later that year. Could there be a repeat scenario this year? Like Biffle in 2000, John Hunter Nemechek has five wins in the truck series this season and will also have his eyes on a championship. Off three, final time, headed back to the start, finish line, checkered flag is in the air and he has done it again for the fifth time this year. John Hunter Nemechek has picked up the win. Joining Nemechek in the playoff 10 is Ben Rhodes, a two-time winner on the season. Since back-to-back -back wins to start the campaign, Rhodes has cooled off significantly. But heading to another road course could help kickstart a title run for the number 99 after a 10th place finish at Circuit of the Americas and the early season win at the Daytona road course. The caution flag is flying, the field is frozen, and Ben Rhodes is going to win on the road course in Daytona. Ben Rhodes won the season opener last week, and now he's gonna come back to the World Center of Racing and here they come out of turn number 14. The caution and checkered flag is waving. Ben Rhodes starts the 2021 season with a double dip and a double trip to Gatorade Victory Lane. Todd Gilliland, Austin Hill, and defending champion Sheldon Creed are all locked in thanks to wins at Coda, Knoxville, and Darlington, respectively. Creed has not had the same season as he did in 2020, but he'll feel good heading into the playoffs knowing that he's the defending winner at both Gateway and Darlington, the first two playoff races. I think we're warming back up at a good time now. Uh, Charlotte, we had a really fast truck, one stage one there, and, and just got too aggressive with Todd and 
wrecked myself. Uh, same thing at Texas, another fast truck. Got in the PJ one early and like, it's just ice. So yeah, I wrecked myself there and uh, and finished there at Pocono. So fast trucks recently, uh, I think we're only getting them better. And um, yeah, it's a good time to start warming up for playoffs. Zane Smith with three stage wins this season is locked in on points along with three-time series champion Matt Crafton. Smith knows that he'll need to avoid mistakes if he's going to be a contender once the playoffs start. Yeah, I feel like it's really not speed or, or performance or anything like that. I feel like I said just uh, mistakes and, and it's all been on pit road whether I mean I missed the line getting at pit road because uh, my spotter couldn't hear on channel two at Pocono and then uh, just pit road penalties and, and things like that. Um, so I feel like once we get rid of those, uh, we'll be we'll be really good. Carson Hosevar has had a successful rookie season up to this point and is in position to make the playoffs in his debut. Hosevar enters Watkins Glen with a 61-point cushion and will need to avoid disaster in order to secure his spot. If there's a repeat winner, Hosevar will be safely into the playoffs. Things are more complicated for Chandler Smith and Stuart Friesen. Friesen, currently sitting in 10th, needs to remain above Smith in the regular season standings to secure his playoff spot regardless of who wins at Watkins Glen. Like Friesen, a first-time 2021 winner at the Glen could spell trouble for Chandler Smith, although following a second-place finish at Knoxville, Smith currently sits 40 points above the cut line, providing him a level of comfort heading into Watkins Glen International. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think as a team, as a co well, not company, as our team, the 18 team, our biggest thing was uh, making sure we completed tonight uh, clean because uh, we our road course program is really strong. We got something really special going there. So, um, I mean, I feel really good going there, definitely with 40 points up. I definitely thought we wouldn't even be talking about points now. I think we'd be talking about uh, how I ended up winning tonight, but is what it is. Either way, both Friesen and Smith will likely be tightroping the cut line come Saturday afternoon. Of course, a win for either would rid themselves of the tension. The first five out, Derek Krause, Tyler Ankrum, Johnny Sauter, Austin Wayne Self, and Ryan Truex all would need to win on Saturday to clinch a spot into the playoff 10. Ankrum understands the task ahead of him, but believes his team is in position to strike. I mean, I think we're still close enough to strike. Uh, I mean... Uh, I think you can gain 48 points in a single race. So, I mean, I mean that's the maximum, right? That's if you win every stage and win the race. So, I mean, it's possible. I mean, we we obviously started the first five or six races off wrecking almost every single race, getting caught up in other people's accidents. And uh, it just put us so far behind. And we get on a really good stretch where we'd have two or three really good races, and then we'd have a setback. And another two or three really good races, and another, so another setback. So, I think that... You know, going to these final two races, we had a really good run at Pocono. I think we're we're hitting our two to three really good runs. Uh, that kind of seems to be the uh, the mantra here as of late. So I feel I feel good. I mean, I don't think you have or have to go into these weekends thinking you only have to win uh, because if you if you go in those races with that mindset, I mean, you, you're you can try to go for a win and totally rule out stages. But then you kind of you kind of screw yourself when taking out those stage points. So you got you got to be able to play both sides of the coin. The Motor Racing Network will have live coverage of the United Rentals 176 Saturday afternoon, beginning at 12 noon Eastern. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, Truck Series Director Brad Moran and later football star Bernard Pollard.
This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. With the Truck Series playoffs about to start, we thought a catch-up with the series director, Brad Moran, was overdue. I sat down with him earlier this week. Brad Moran is with us. He's the director of the Camping World Truck Series, and they will be the guys who get to the playoffs first because this coming weekend, it is the last race of the regular season at Watkins Glen International. And Brad, it's been since the year 2000 that the trucks raced at the Glen. I had no idea it had been that long. How did it come together to say, let's go back? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ben Kennedy did a great job with, uh, with the scheduling for, for this season. And, uh, you know, it's the uh, first time that the, all three series are, are at Watkins Glen at the same time in over two, the two decades uh, since we've been there. So uh, it all come together over the winter. And it was, uh, it was real music to, uh, to our ears. The, the teams are excited about it. Uh, we used to put on some good shows uh, during those days. Uh, I, I recall many of them, and uh, it's just uh, nice, nice to be back there. And we're we're looking forward to this weekend. And what a what a what a place to to end our regular season, which has already been packed with excitement. Well, it sure has. It you know, it seems just a very short time ago, and really, it was that Canadian Tire Motorsports Park was the only road race on the schedule and now these guys are getting to be road racing pros what do you think about how they've come along over the last couple of years oh i, I mean you know, spectacular Re really good i mean we did do the one road course like you mentioned at uh at canadian tire motorsports park but boy getting thrown at that daytona road course with no practice no qualifying last year caught my attention and uh you know the the, the guys and gals went out they did an outstanding job you know, we go on to this year. This is our third road course of, of 2021. They put on another outstanding show at, at Daytona and then followed it up by unfortunately racing in the rain and practicing in the rain at Coda. And once again, they, they just did a great job. So it's really good. It's, it's good for the, it's good for the veterans are getting a lot more of it, but also for these uh, young up and coming drivers, uh, they're getting a lot of good experience. that's going to help them uh, through the rest of their career. You talked about some of the spectacular racing this season. John Hunter Nemechek has just been on fire with five victories. Uh, ben Rhodes, a couple of wins, five winners so far in the season. But you look a little bit back toward that bubble area, and you've got some bigger names who are probably looking at needing to win this weekend if they're going to make the playoffs. Guys like Derek Krause and Tyler Ankrum and even a Johnny Sauter, for example. I mean, I, I don't know if it's mathematically impossible, but it's going to be awfully hard for some of those guys to make it unless they win, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it just shows the depth of the, of the Camping World Truck Series. I mean, we expanded the uh, playoffs to 10 trucks last year, and, and we felt it was necessary, and it, it was a good move, and you could certainly back it up by this year. I mean, there's a lot of good competitive trucks that are fighting to get in the playoffs, and I mean, that's a, that's a, great, uh, a great problem to have. And you're right, there's a few that can lock them, you know, that can lock themselves in, Um with some points, you know, being, being a uh, host of our and, and freezing, uh, can lock themselves in with, with some points, but there's others that need help. And then boy, if, if there's a new winner, it, it changes everything. Now, as we get down here uh, toward the end of the season and get ready to start these playoffs, what has jumped out at you this season in terms of what's made you go wow? Because we've seen a couple of dirt races. You mentioned we've seen more road course races than ever before. And I think one of the things that appeals to fans so much about the truck series is these races are short. They don't have a lot of time to, to fool around and they don't get a lot of opportunities to work on the truck. So they've got to just go right from the start. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of been the, the DNA of, of the truck series. And 
you know, it, it, uh, you don't have a lot of time to, to sort things out and, and the stages come so quick and those stage points are so important as John Hunter, you know, demonstrates, he really put in a, a, a dominant show so far this year, which I wouldn't expect anything less. He's a, he's a heck of a, of a young driver. He, he proved that when he was racing his own equipment and with, you know, with, uh, with getting in that KBM uh, equipment, he certainly has, has shown that he's a, he's a top level driver. Uh, that was really uh, kind of neat to see. And there's just no time in the truck series. You, you, like you mentioned, uh, Woody, you got to go. And, you know, with that comes a little more aggression, um, a little less patience. And, uh, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, unfortunately that that's, you know, some of the great things for the fans, because that's what you need to do to make these playoffs and get in. And as you can see, there's, there's great teams that are probably going to be on the outside looking in. Brad, let's talk a little bit about the big picture because we know in the Cup Series, the next-gen car debuts next year. It was just a few years ago that the Xfinity Series went to the composite bodies and the Truck Series. You guys had the, the engine rule before some of the other series did in terms of what you were trying to do there in terms of cost savings. What what kinds of ideas are you guys kicking around for down the road? What kinds of things are, are you guys whiteboarding right now and looking at that, that maybe we can tease the fans with a little bit to keep an eye out for? The trucks obviously were on this path a long time because we have to be to, to build the series where we built it to currently. Um, you, you know, the costs are important. We, we try to make short, you know, uh, visits. Uh, we do a lot of one-day shows, which we were doing pre-COVID. So we were already on that path, as you mentioned. Uh, the engines, you know, the NT1 engines have been a great uh, equalizer for the competition as well as a, a very efficient uh, way to get the job done. Um, but, you know, we never stop looking, uh, you know, we'll, we're having a new 20, uh, 2022 body that's going to be coming out. Uh, that's going to be pretty exciting. We look at our standalones and how difficult it is with uh, getting pit crews and the expense that goes with it when we're not in a combination race. So we've tried a few different things there that we'll continue to look at. Our dirt race formats uh, are, again, a pretty cost uh, cost effective. So we really never stop. We'll, we'll continue to look at it. And uh, again, I think that the new body probably next year will be pre pretty, uh, pretty interesting for the fans. They really, really are going to look pretty, uh, pretty tough. One of the things you mentioned, the cost there, and I, it seems like just from a, an efficiency standpoint, it makes more sense to have a few road races, like you mentioned, instead of just one or a couple of dirt races instead of just one. Is that something that's a, a, a money saver for the teams as well? Yeah, absolutely. It cuts down on their truck inventory, you know, running the one road course uh, event. It, it really, it, it is expensive because the, the road course trucks, you know, they really need to be built a certain way and it, it kind of puts that one truck off to the side and, and they need backup trucks. And just for one event, uh, you know, the same with the dirt when we run one dirt race, you know, the teams, um, the teams really were hoping we can get at, at least another one to get to two. Obviously, if you get to three, it just makes it that much easier. So it, it helps spread their inventory around, certainly helps. And, and that was a, a great, uh, great job, you know, by, by Ben and his group this year to make that happen, which I think the teams uh, appreciate and, and have seen the savings from it. Let's finish with this, Brad. One of the things that always piques fan interest is the new schedule. How far away would you say we are from knowing what the truck schedule is going to look like next year? I wish I could give you a little more insight in it, but, but to be honest, I, I really don't know. Um, you know, there's always little rumblings here and there, and I, I, you know, I'm sure everybody hears them. You see some treats. And I'm kind of like the fans on this one. 
I really don't uh, really don't know where we're going quite yet, but I'm sure as the next few weeks uh, come around, we get into September, we'll start getting closer to a schedule. But if it's anything like uh, if it's anything like this year, I think it's going to be uh, pretty exciting for the fans once we get to that point. Going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure. And if there's anything we've learned over the past 18 months or so, it's this sport is very nimble, and we'll keep our eye out to see what's going to happen. Brad, we appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend at Watkins Glen, and the playoffs are just around the corner. Thanks. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, and thanks all the fans and MRN for everything you do for the sport. Coming up, NFL star Bernard Pollard, and later on this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. You know, crossover fans have become all the rage lately in the sport, and among them is former Super Bowl champ Bernard Pollard, who's become something of a super fan himself. Steve Post chatted with him earlier. I've followed along your journey over the last year or so, and I thought, okay, yeah, another new guy to the party last year, and uh, we'll see where he's at in a year from now. I follow along with you. Dude, this thing has grown. It's not going away. It's grown for you. It's So this is one of the crazy things. Like, I, I look at this, and, and growing up in Indiana, I mean, I, I played football, basketball, and I ran track. I never knew anything about racing. And so at the age of 36 or 35, um, I get a chance to kind of dive into the sport. And I didn't want anybody saying anything to me. I wanted to learn this sport for myself. And I was always told that it was, you just go left, you just go fast. There was no strategy. There was no teamwork. There was no any of that. And I sat and just watched the race. And this blew my mind. Watching the strategy, hearing all of the different things, like when to pit, when not to pit, how many tires to take, how many tires not to take, just to get gas, or, you know, uh, a guy, used just the aerodynamics of everything. Like, and I'm just like, whoa, like this blew my mind. And so I fell in love with it. And uh, I think this was separates. I, I think if you look at the NASCAR fan base and you look at the sport, so many people are diehard fans. They've been in this at a, since a young age. They are committed to the number. They're committed to the to the driver, to the team, whatever it may be. And they're looking like, okay, if you come on to this, we want to see how genuine you are. And I mean, look, I'm as genuine as they come. Like, I, I love this sport. I love it. I I'm in the eye racing. I'm in the uh, I'm into the diecast. I'm in the watching the races. I'm in this thing all the way. I, I can't swim, but I, I show. I went in here first. I'm diving. Well, and that's the thing. I, I watched, I saw your video on Twitter when Alex Bowman won a recent race. Dude, that was a bigger party there than there was in Victory Lane at your place. It, so, you know what? That that race, it was an exciting race. And a lot of people was telling me for that track, they was like, Bernard, this track really isn't exciting. And so I, I'm still, even though I've been watching for a year, a little over a year and a half, I still don't know a lot. I mean, because, I mean, you guys know, you've been around this sport for a long time. You still learn things here and there. And so for me, I'm new to it. And every time I watch a race, anytime I talk to a driver, I'm learning something new. So double headers and things of that nature, I didn't know about. Like, I, I get what double headers, what it is, but I just didn't know about it with racing. So racing Pocono and uh, having a double header on a Saturday and a Sunday, I mean, just watching that race and you're watching a guy like Kyle Larson dominate for so long and him and Alex get into a battle and then you just see him take over the battle with, I think, three uh, three or four laps to go 
and you just like, dang, like, all right, Alex, that was a good race, man, but you ain't catching this dude that's been dominating NASCAR, you know, for the last four or five weeks. So to be able to see that in the seat, Kyle blow a tire, and you just like, yo, like, cause I mean, we sitting there, I'm like, yo, something crazy gotta happen for Alex to win. And for Alex to come back and win like that, like it sucked for Kyle, but at the same time, big ups for Alex. Um, and it was just exciting. I mean, I, I'm literally, that's who I am. I'm loud. I'm, I'm, uh, I love to cheer. I love to uh, just make noise. And that was just exciting for me. Your energy, your passion, your enthusiasm. I love it. I'm a, I'm a glasses overflowing kind of guy too. I'm, 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 it's, 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 it's annoying to some people. I am sure, you know, we're, we're wide open, but that has served you well. What's, what's it been like as you've had the chance to, I, I mean, I watched a video with you and Bubba Wallace, but other drivers and other industry people, what has that been like as you've just been aggressively picking people's brains? Well, I mean, a lot of people, I think once again, when, when, when people see, you know, because a lot of people might talk about, oh, I want to get into NASCAR. I want to I want to try this out. Um, and, you know, people can discern, you know, what's you know, who's here to stay and just who was here to just kind of touch and feel around and trying to, you know, gain whatever. I'm not in it to gain anything. I've had success in the, in the National Football League. I thank God for that every single day. Um, but at the end of the day, I look at this and I, I'm curious about this. I mean, once again, we we have skilled drivers who are relying on machines and you're relying on a team to keep the technology and everything up. And, um, you know, so for me, being able to talk to uh, other drivers, being able to talk to um, the pit crews, being able to talk to the crew chiefs and the spotters, uh, being able to talk to fans, like, I, I, look, I'm, put me with the general population. I'm cool with that. I, I'm learning from the fans and I enjoy it. Um, so being able to talk to them, I think one of the, the the coolest part for me is to be able to talk to my former teammates. So people hit me, you know, guys hit me up and they're like, Bernard, like, bro, is it really this fun? Like, honestly, like Bernard, like racing can't be this exciting. I'm like, you gotta go in it, you gotta go into it with an open mind. Because if you go into it with this closed mindset of, okay, they just go fast, you're not gonna get anything out of it when you step to a race or when you watch a race on TV. But when you just take the time to just listen and to, to digest everything that's going on and you see these drivers and you see what they're doing and you see how they maneuver certain things, you're like, wait a minute. Okay, I could put myself in that situation if I just translate it to the field. I've done that before. Now I'm watching somebody else do it. But I think the biggest turnoff, and I think we all can be real, with a lot of black drivers or a lot of black athletes, a lot of black people, they look at this and they say, well, it's been a lot of white men driving, a lot of white people around the sport. So we just turned off when we look at it, you know? And and so that's been one of the biggest things for me. So many people have been open arms and accepting. Uh, it's been exciting for me. Now, we, we understand there's still some people who say and do whatever to try to keep people away or whatever it may be. That's a small percentage. And, and them jokers can go kick rocks barefoot. I don't care about them. I want to concentrate on the people that have been open and accepting. The sport of NASCAR has just been awesome with changing uh, and putting people in position. And the want, they want people to feel welcome and invited. They want to invite people to the races and to be a part of the sport. I am a casual football fan. Tune into the NFL. Penn State Nittany Lion, okay, so I love, love some Big Ten football. Love my NFL football. But there is no way on the planet – I can figure out simulating this. You, with your NASCAR, with your sim racing, you are able to get really, really close to the sport with your with your simulated races and your and your P1 finishes you've been getting here recently. Yes, so that's been exciting. And, 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 and I mean, once again, 
as I continue, and I told y'all, I learn every day. Every time I turn on racing, I, I'm, I'm learning. I didn't know about all the different levels of racing. I, I mean, I don't know what a, a modified, a SK, a old school, a, a, all of this. These are, you know, indie racing, F1, all this stuff. So for me, you know, being able to, when I got into NASCAR, you know, that was a hurdle within itself to be able to learn the, 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 the verbiage and the, to be able to talk the verbiage and to be able to understand the parts. Look, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I just learned how to turn uh, to change a tire three years ago. And I mean, you know, I, I've never had to do it, right? So, you know, all of this stuff is new to me. And so I'm learning about different parts of, of, of plate racing and um, the, 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 the parts with, with the pit crews, lug nuts and the nut changer and all this other stuff. Man, I'm just like, wow. So to be able to take, you know, my limited knowledge of learning the sport and then understanding their different levels to the sport as far as racing and, um, you know, Xfinity and, 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 and um, um, uh, uh, SRX racing and mm -hmm. all of this other stuff, right? Now I can take it and I can actually, so I played Madden. We, we have a big franchise that we've been doing for about 30 years uh, in Madden. We play about 30 seasons of, of, of Madden and franchise and everything else. But now I can go to iRacing and I can get into iRacing and race real people. I don't have to race a computer. I don't have to race the AI. I'm actually racing real people from Arkansas, from Alabama, from, uh, you know, different countries. And I mean, that's so exciting to me because I'm learning how these cars work. Now I'm fighting this wheel and understanding, and I get it, it's not the real car, but I'm learning these drivers are fighting this car for 300 laps. And I'm fighting, you know, this wheel for 110 laps. And so, you know, learning the, how to drift, learning how to, you know, to get up on side of a car to be able to, you know, uh, slingshot around and, and, and that right there, like, I mean, I love, I'm crunk. I stay hype all the time, but that's exciting to me. And I mean, just to get on a super speedway, you got these cars on 240 miles an hour and you just trying to dodge wrecks. I dodged direct the other day and, and I had to put it on Twitter to be able to get through that. I'm literally, the caution comes out, I'm screaming because I'm so hyped that I got through it with a zero X, you know, it's zero incidents against me. That's exciting to me. And some people might say, man, you know, why are you excited about that? Man, that right there gets me hyped. You know, I'm I'm excited because I'm just learning something and I just I defeated something, even though I got through a wreck. I only got two P2s in my career on iRacing. I'm excited about them two P2s. If I get a hundred P1 or P1s, I'm sorry, if I get a hundred P1s, I'm gonna be excited about the hundred just like I was the first. But that's just me. And so I love it. Your at track experience. Um, how has that been uh being being at the racetrack as uh, as Bernard Pollard NASCAR super fan? It's so, <laughs> it's loud. Um, and you don't really, you know, being at the Ally 400, that was super exciting for me. Uh, the SRX race, and I'm going to a couple more races. I'm actually going to be in the at the championship race as well, but I'm definitely going to a couple more races uh, before the, the, the playoffs in the championship. But for me, it's been so much fun because you, you I, I get to see the people that have been following my journey. And so <laughs> it, it was funny because when I was going over to the, to the Ally 400 and even at the SRX, Everybody's like, you know, they're going You hear it. Um, and I just get a chance to be able to talk and communicate, shake hands and hug. I love that. To be able to engage with the fans. Like I said, you put me at the, at the table with the common folk. That's where I want to be. And that's what's been so exciting for me to be at these races, to be able to engage with the fans, to be able to hear from them, to be able to experience 
um, you know, the different things at the track uh, to, to talk with the pit crews once again and to be able to see them work and to see former football players in, the, in, in those different positions, but to see that, you know, what they're doing with the pit crews kind of translate to the position they played on the football field. That's the exciting part for me to be able to see them stretching and running around and, and everybody working in sync was like, that's exciting. And, and, and that's what I love. And I can't wait to get to more races. Thanks, Steve. Coming up this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. All right, it's that time of week again. Time for This Week in NASCAR History with Susie Armstrong. 1981. Aussie American Rick Springfield pined over another guy's lover and got the Grammy as a consolation prize with the number one hit, Jesse's Girl. Video killed the radio star as MTV debuted on America's blossoming cable networks. Air traffic controllers squared off with President Ronald Reagan, launching a strike that resulted in the wholesale firing of more than 10,000 union workers. And Ron Bouchard was on autopilot in Alabama, scoring his first and only Cup Series win, driving the Race Hill Farm Buick to victory in the Talladega 500. Waltrip's got one car length on Terry Labonte in the number two spot. Bouchard is closed within a car length of Labonte. And the three are stacked. One, two, three, just like that. Waiting for that final move as they come off turn four. Waltrip leads them off. Here comes Labonte right on his tail to the outside. Terry Labonte sweeps around on the outside, and he is there. Then down on the inside comes Bouchard. Three abreast. They'll come across the strike finish line. It'll be Bouchard by just about a foot. Ron Bouchard will win the 13th Talladega 500 and become the 13th different driver to do it. What a finish as they sweep across the start-finish line. Party people! Nineteen ninety-three, Atlanta pop duo Tag Team made a grand entrance into the hip hop ring with whoop, there it is, going multi-platinum. The late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg took the oath as she became the second woman to sit on the US Supreme Court. Harrison Ford was on the run from a determined Tommy Lee Jones in the summer blockbuster The Fugitive. And 42 cup cars put on a valiant chase, but couldn't catch Wiley Mark Martin in the Finger Lakes as the road race ace dominated in the Budweiser at the Glen. Now right down the center of the racetrack, now out to driver's right. The crowd on its feet in turn 10, the entire grandstand waving to Mark Martin's Valvoline Ford. He tucks to the inside in the 10th corner, down the short straightaway. 500 feet from victory is Mark Martin. He's been quickest all week, and he's battled back from a tough pitch stop and a 25th place run to take it here at Watkins Glen. Checkered flag, Mark Martin wins. Coming home in the second spot, the team car from Roush Racing. Dolan back with his career best. Twenty ten. British rapper Tyle Cruz went ballistic on the international charts with the fifty megaton hit Dynamite. Leonardo DiCaprio tries to erase his sword past in Christopher Nolan's mind-bending sci-fi thriller Inception. And Juan Pablo Montoya was in a parallel universe at Watkins Glen, leading all but six circuits in the hell of a good sour cream dips at the Glen.
Five seconds in hand and only six gear shifts remain. Just three quarters of a mile for Juan Pablo Montoya. It's been a long time for him. It hasn't been that long for team owner Chip Ganassi. He was in victory lane yesterday. Montoya may be taking him back here. He's in turn seven. It's been a great year for Chip Ganassi Racing, winning the Daytona 500, winning at the Brickyard, winning the Indy 500, and today winning with Juan Pablo Montoya at Watkins Glen International. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We want to thank our guests tonight, Brad Moran and Bernard Pollard, for joining us on NASCAR Live. I'm Woody Kane, filling in for Mike Bagley. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.